we were trying to maximise the impact that we could have, what would our ultimate goal be? And it wouldn't necessarily be what you've currently got. Hello and welcome to the Make an Impact podcast with me, Heidi Fisher. Welcome to the Impact Diaries, where Heidi Fisher gives real-life examples of the five-stage lean social impact approach in action. The first stage is define. And in this episode, Heidi covers work with the board of a health and social care organisation. Three key questions board members can use to be creative about the future and how the define stage is crucial for boards to identify their impact goals and appropriate outcomes and activities which either no longer fit their mission or which they need to start doing. If there are tensions between what your social enterprise wants to achieve and what it's been commissioned to achieve, you need to listen to this episode. Here's Heidi Fisher. Heidi, here we are in the Impact Diaries. We're going to talk about working with a board to develop an impact-led strategy. You've got a specific example in mind. What kind of organisation was that? So it was a health and social care organisation that had been running for about three years and they were looking at what they were going to do for the next three years in terms of their strategy and also more widely their, their basic outline plans for the next 10 years. Okay, so they had a, a goal in mind. How did you begin the work? What did it start with? So uh, initially a conversation with their chief exec to talk about what they were trying to do around their strategy and how impact connected or could connect to their strategy because very often boards will be approaching their strategy from the the basics as we know of business planning where you start with what you currently do and you add to it in an incremental way so taking an impact-led approach is obviously very different to that yes absolutely and I'm thinking with this kind of organization you mentioned a health and social care organization they have to deliver very very specific services that's what they've been commissioned to do And those services need to be delivered, but those services have an impact as well on people's lives. I I guess it can be quite difficult in terms of the balance between the now, the the delivery that needs to happen and measuring the actual impact. Is that is that right? Yeah. So there's always this conflict when you've got health and social care organisations because they're very much driven by what they're contracted to deliver. So very often the the health service, the NHS, will be commissioning a social enterprise, a health and social care organisation to deliver a certain number of appointments or to achieve so many numbers of things. And Therefore, often internally, the the strategy and the operations are driven by meeting numbers as opposed to thinking about how they can best achieve impact in terms of positive health changes in people's lives. Almost a case of if we can get that tick in that box and meet those numbers, we've done a great job. Yeah, but not necessarily delivers any real impact. Um, So what they're trying to do from the conversation I had with their chief exec was to to move away from a a numbers and a a box ticking exercise to enabling people to be educated about their health condition, to be able to self-manage it and um, to live more healthy more positive lives so really thinking about 
when someone comes in for an appointment as opposed to just giving them medication and sending them off is how can we enable them to make better choices that support them to manage their health condition longer term right okay that makes absolute sense so the commitment was there the understanding was clearly there the desire to do that was there from the chief executive and this is where you're working with the chief executive and the board as well and how can the board support that direction and this new strategy and how did your work make that happen what what, what happened next so after the conversations the next step in in terms of how I then move this forward in in developing an impact-led strategy is to get the other board members together so everyone in a room um, in order that everyone is involved in those conversations and understands why taking an impact-led approach is actually more beneficial than just being um a basic business planning process so they all all come together in a room they uh, get to review their their current mission their their current ultimate goal in terms of what they they um, put down as the mission of the organization and what they're trying to achieve to make sure that that's a, still appropriate and it's an opportunity for for the board members and the senior management team to be more creative uh, to kind of almost speculate as to to what the future health services could potentially look like. That must be a really interesting exercise. Perhaps, I mean, imagining it might reveal some disparities between how people imagine the mission and the future potential impact to, to be. Did was that the case in this situation? Very often um, there, there is um, <laughs> lots, lots of different variations on the, on the mission, right. <laughs> particularly if people haven't been kind of rehearsed to make sure that they, they know what it is, um, which I, I don't generally encourage. I, I give um, the board a rough outline of, of what we will be doing in the, the session, but I def- I don't say you know have a look at your your current mission and various other things I bring that to the session and then open up the discussion um, so that no one can they can't all be singing from the same hymn page so to speak and how does this support your overall lean impact process so um, the the lean impact process that I use when I work with organisations is a, a five stage process which takes organisations through what they are actually trying to achieve in terms of their impact right through to the measurement and then also the management of their impact. So um, in this kind of impact-led strategy session, we're very much focused on the, the first stage of that, which is around defining the ultimate goal. And there are three questions that I use to help people to think about what their ultimate goal is. One is, what problem are you solving? The second one, what does the world look like when you've achieved your ultimate goal? And the third one, what difference does this make to people's lives or the planet? Now, sometimes the answers to all three of those questions are the same. Sometimes they're slightly different. And from that, you can frame a a single sentence of around 15 words that 
defines the ultimate goal. And I usually get people to answer those questions individually and then share what they've come up with so that, again, you don't get the, the group think where everyone just agrees with whoever speaks first. <laughs> yeah, that seems to make sense. So they write down their answers to those three questions. How long do you give them to think about it and to put their answers down? depends on how much time I've got allocated in total but usually I would give people about 10 minutes to write down their answers individually and then allow a longer slot for discussion of those answers and moving towards achieving what that specific ultimate goal is and it may be that they actually come out with we're happy with our current goal and our mission or we actually want to change it and redirect slightly. Okay so this is going to be really interesting in terms of what it might uncover, what it might reveal. Now, you, I appreciate you said that the time of it will depend on the time that they have available. But from your perspective, how long is the ideal to give this exercise? First of all, in terms of thinking about the answers to those three specific questions, and then how long, how long would you typically want to allow for discussion over their answers to the three questions? Between 20 to 30 minutes for the discussion is, is ideal. It, sometimes we we go off for um, a break midway through. Yes. <laughs> it's quite a, a useful tactic in, in getting people to, to sort of pause their thinking a little bit, have a, a refresh and come back. And and then perhaps over that break, typically people will have come up with, with new thoughts or ideas and that, that definitely helps. So this is a very effective, very efficient process by the sounds of it, but it's because those questions really, really make people address the priorities. Yeah, it's very much about allowing people that time to to ponder the the what if what if we did this kind of thought process rather than this is what we do you know what if we changed our ultimate goal what could we do if we were trying to maximize the impact that we could have what would our ultimate goal be and it wouldn't necessarily be what you've currently got right now that's interesting so with the example that we've talked about where you worked with a board of a health and social care organization did they revise then that ultimate goal? Yes. So um, their their ultimate goal had had been around basically around the delivery of of health services and and making sure that everyone got access to appropriate health care and support. Um, and through the conversation, the 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 discussions were very much about well, what does appropriate mean? Right. <laughs> um, because if you if you think from the perspective of their main customer, the NHS, appropriate means that they've been to the appointments that they were supposed to go to, and they've they've been given the treatment that they're supposed to have. Whereas if you're thinking from the individual's perspective, appropriate very much means something that fits into my lifestyle that enables me to live my life in the best possible way um, improves my quality of life and gives me the the ability to make choices and decisions about what my health care looks like so by having that discussion about that one word it led to a very much a, a reframing of what they wanted to do as their their ultimate goal okay yeah that makes sense so they've reframed that so that then leads to the outcomes that 
they need to deliver in order to achieve that goal presumably is that yeah. right yeah yeah so um very much um what you would would expect in a um theory of change where you start from your ultimate goal and then work back to your outcomes but um, from their perspective, just thinking at a, a strategic level in terms of how they're doing that. So once you've got your ultimate goal, then the next step is to think about, well, what outcomes have to happen in order to achieve that ultimate goal? So what are the key changes or differences that you're going to make to people, the the community, the economy or the environment? Obviously, in this case, with the health and social care organisation, very much focused on the key changes they're making to people's lives and their health. Okay, so in this particular specific example, where the outcomes that they were going to deliver also changed from what they had been doing before this exercise, did some of them change? Did some of them evolve in some way? Yeah, so a, a, lot, a shift really to much more around people being educated about their health um, yeah. condition, self-managing it, um, being able to enabling them to do the things that they wanted to do in their life. So that might be um, being able to work. It might be being able to participate in particular physical activities, um, being able to go shopping, depending on what their, their current circumstances were. So very much seeing themselves uh, as an enabler for imp- not just improving health, but also people's overall life experience. Right, great. Okay, so they've then redefined those outcomes. What do they have to do next to make those outcomes happen? Yeah, so um, once they've they've identified all the outcomes, the next step is to decide what activities would need to be delivered in order to achieve those outcomes. So from a health and social care organisation's perspective, thinking about, well, what does the service look like if these are the types of outcomes we want to achieve for the the patients and individuals we're working with? And um, that is, is perhaps a slightly easier step in that they tend to write down all of the activities that they currently do Uh, try to map them to the outcomes and then realize that there are some outcomes that don't have um, services um, allocated to them so they need to create new services to specifically deliver particular outcomes. Right okay so then that informs the business planning in terms of activities that need to be created do you do you have a way that you help map map activities to outcomes is there a a particular methodology that you like to help people with um it's it's much more in in terms of uh just making sure that they're they've identified what they can carry on doing so what what works from before what's the new stuff that they need to now start doing and also what activities do they need to stop doing because they they weren't effective in terms of outcomes and impacts so it seems then that once you've gone through this exercise this definition exercise you are of course ready to move to your second stage of your five stage lean social impact approach which which takes us to another day, another podcast episode. But uh, mm-hmm. is there anything else that we should focus on in terms of how the defined stage works and specifically how it worked in this particular example for the uh, board of the health and social care 
organisation that you were working with and how it works in general? I think the only, only other thing that I would say around the, the define stage is that it, it's often very hard for people to identify what that ultimate goal is. And it usually takes conversations with other people. So if you're a sole founder of an organisation, then very much have conversations with people that are involved in the organisation, with your board, to get their views, because it's only through having that collective viewpoint that you can come to something that actually makes sense for the whole organisation. And I can imagine that when you're going in to do an exercise like this with a larger organisation, if the board is a board that operates well, it's going to be a much easier process than if if it's a board where there's a lot of difficulty on the board. Do you ever have that feeling where you, you're uncovering difficulties? <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I've worked with um, a, another organisation, uh, a small charity, and their their board was, was quite interesting because they, they had quite a, a, a large board in that there was eight people on their board um and interestingly it was the the accountants that that didn't really grasp that I say that interestingly because obviously my background as an accountant but they they just didn't really grasp why you wouldn't do the the business planning and in a normal process where you'd work through a a SWOT and and then kind of move from there yeah it, it was quite interesting and there's also um they they had very diverse views as to what the the future looked like for the organisation, so trying to pull it down and bring them into an agreement about one ultimate goal is is quite um, a difficult process. Which is why things like breaks are, are useful techniques to use as part of that process to you know give people that time to reflect before. They then come back and, and perhaps are more open to to coming to alignment and agreement. I, I could imagine that for some organisations, it might be even necessary to do this over more than more than one day, more than one session. Yeah. So um, for some some organisations, they'll have a full day, so they'll make this like a an away day, so to speak, for the, their yeah. board, and the, this will be the the focus. Um, and after lunch they'll come back in and they'll do more work around what what are the the new activities that they need to develop and be creating um, and really making sure that everything does connect up to the outcomes because it's it's easy to say well what we do currently delivers that and and sort of just leave it at that level rather than really saying well actually does it really and when you when you start to ask yourself um, are we really delivering the impact that we we claim to very often you'll find that in in the design or the delivery of your service it it doesn't really have as much impact as what you anticipated worthwhile to highlight as the reason for doing this exercise in the first place we've been talking about the defined stage of the five stage lean social impact approach Heidi fascinating stuff a great specific example have you um, gone back to this specific organization to to learn about um, what happened next when they went into planning measuring analyzing and and learning was was this uh, was this exercise the first stage in 
a journey where they did go through all five stages and did it successfully. Yes, it, it was the, the first stage in that process. Yeah. Um, so from this, they then obviously went on to, to plan what they would need to capture in terms of evidence of their impact. And um, at that point, once we've, we've decided what they want to measure and how they'll measure it, I'd usually step away and give them an opportunity to go out and do that data collection and then I come back in and support with the the other stages of the process. Excellent well Heidi thanks so much for um for for explaining this of course your five-stage lean social impact approach is a feature it's the core of your new book impact measurement and management tell us more. Um, yeah, so I have a, a new book out. The plan is to get that out for a pre-launch in um, September and with a, an official launch of that in October time. So um, I'm very excited about this because it's sharing my experience of, of everything that I know around impact measurement and impact management and how you can actually implement it within your own organisation. I'm doing a, a limited edition number of hardback copies of the book and that can be pre-ordered. Heidi, thanks so much and um, until next time, thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Make an Impact podcast with me, Heidi Fisher. Before you go, a quick announcement. Heidi's second book, Impact First, The Social Entrepreneur's Guide to Measuring, Managing and Growing Your Impact will be published soon. And you can pre-order a limited edition hardback version of the book through Heidi's website. The book gives you the know-how to measure, manage and communicate your impact so that you can grow your social enterprise. Go to makeanimpactcic.co.uk forward slash my dash book dash impact dash first to find details if you've enjoyed the podcast why not leave a review or rating and if you'd like to be on the show then please get in touch via my website makeanimpactcic.co.uk thank you for listening